Welcome to another Cornerstone Church Kingston podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We are continuing our series in the Pilgrim's Progress and we've been following along for some months now Christian and uh, his companions uh, as they have or as he has left the city of destruction and he's on his way to the celestial city, to, to heaven itself and he's been told uh, to follow the narrow road and we've been seeing how um, this is an illustration of the Christian life and there's been, there's been loads to learn so do catch up on some previous episodes and I'm um, here with Pete and Rory again. Hello. Hello. And I'm Tom. And it's your birthday today. It is, yeah. So yeah. 18th of September. Yeah. Yep. And what so did what, you get? Um, nothing. Nothing. No, no, no one of my colleagues at least. But no. Anyway. <laughs> no, I'm not going to get that. anything either. <laughs> <laughs> Especially not now. Um, well, some advice we might give you. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see what comes out in the next few minutes. Um, so, so, so what happened last uh, last time? We want to just briefly we were looking go at some of the. So, uh, faithful and, uh, and Christian had met up, and then we were looking at um, some of the story of faithful and the people that he had met uh, along the road, and they were going through sort of who had you. Well, Christian was saying who had you met and how did you deal with them and, mm. and so forth. Yeah. Okay, so they've been learning, haven't they, from each other's experiences on the road and kind of uh, cementing the gospel in their own minds, really, as they talk about the things that have happened and the trials they've been through. And um, in this episode, it very much continues, doesn't it, on, on that track. So um, Faithful then begins to tell Christian about another character that he had the displeasure of meeting on the road. Uh, not one that Christian himself had met, but one that Faithful thinks it's worth talking about. And that's this man called Shame, isn't it? Mm. Um, so Rory, do you want to tell us how they, how they get, get going on Shame and what, what he was about? Yeah, so Christian's obviously asking the question, Have you, did you meet anyone else? And he says, I met shame. Um, but Faithful believes that he shouldn't be called shame, he should be called shameless. Um, and that's because this man isn't a man who actually is ashamed of anything that he has done. Rather, he's actually quite proud of all the things that he does um, and, and, and then casts shame upon Christians for the way that they live their, their lives. Mm. He turns the Christian faith round, doesn't he, from uh, one of uh, submitting to the Lord, listening to his word, humbling yourself under the word of God, uh, feeling a sense of your own weakness and mm. sin, repentance, all of that, he would see as, as stupid, really, um, and uh, a weakness mm. and a shame on you for feeling that shame, yeah. really. So it's yeah. interesting, isn't it? Because it's not what we would normally think of as shame. No. So when you first hear that name, you think, oh, okay, so here's a guy who feels really guilty, perhaps, or he feels humiliated by something he's done in his life. He's not going to be proud. He's not going to be arrogant. He's going to be uh, a worn-down, embarrassed sort of individual. Um, but it's it's the exact opposite. He actually mocks people who are yeah. like that. I think yes. we would probably and, um, call it, if we were writing this today, we'd probably call it pride, yeah, mm. or proud or something. Yes, I think so because it, because he looks down on things like the fact that we are called to be fools in this world, yeah. and we follow a right. foolish message, and he looks down on the fact that we might be uh, repentant about our sin. He looks down at the fact that we may sit under a sermon and be convicted of sin. And he looks down on, on the fact that we might look down on the lowest of society and care for them. Mm -hmm. that, that to him is, is ridiculous. 
Mm. Um, he's a superior being to the lowest of society, and he, and he should be free to do whatever he wants to do and not have to worry about the consequences. So I think pride is a is a very good way of describing mm. him. I mean that sermon thing is interesting because I, I just I just saw a clip. It's quite an old clip of um, Stephen Fry arguing against God, mm. you know, um, when he's at his most sort of um, candid, really going against God. And he's talking with a Catholic lady uh, and he, uh, she brings up the Ten Commandments as good rules to live by, but he wants to be, you know, arguing against everything. And, and, and it was really interesting what he said, how dare anyone give me a commandment mm. that's that's how he says it how dare there be this god that give me a commandment and tell me what i should do mm. and and in, in a sense that's the, that's an epitome of shame mm. isn't it yeah. in, in yes in bunyan's writing right? yes that's right and uh, and so faithful and you can i i suppose um we've had this before when you're essentially mocked for the things that you believe <laughs> And so Faithful at first burns with what it feels like an embarrassment. And uh, Shame says, look, you've, you've lost this argument. Um, but then Faithful really starts to reflect on what is shame, bringing shame on him about. And he says, actually, no, the things that you're mocking me for are the things that actually mm -hmm. I delight in. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so I'm not going to be sorry for the gospel yeah yeah and for the gospel yeah. that comes to the weak yeah yeah it's a lovely subversive thing isn't it yeah he twists it round to say what you think is 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 shameful or weak or whatever i see as strength yeah and that's what christ does isn't it i mean that's the, that's the cross isn't it that's what that's what jesus does with the the roman cross the roman cross is a sign of power over over the week, if you go against us as Romans, this is what's going to happen to you. Mm. You're going to die. And Jesus takes that, and the gospel takes that as the place of salvation, and uh, that place mm. of weakness is mm. the place of of strength, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So we have to take up our cross, which is a place of strength. Yeah. And there's definitely people in the New Testament like this who mock Paul. Um, some of the super apostles that were travelling around at the same time as Paul, one of the things that they would say is that Paul is, you know, he, he's a weak man. You know, he might write strong in his letters, but his preaching is weak and his gospel is weak and he doesn't have any money and he makes tents and it's all rather pathetic, you know. Uh, wouldn't God rather that his apostles were victorious and well off mm. and triumphant and successful and going from strength to strength, not from week to week, you know? Yeah. And, but Paul was a man who was probably plagued with all kinds of physical disabilities and injuries, and um, and yet he saw that as something to, to boast in, really, mm. that he would boast in his weaknesses because in those the strength of God would be seen and he would find joy in, yeah. in that. Mm. Um, and so this is, you know, a kind of modern equivalent of this would be someone who would say, yeah, this is the trouble with the Christian religion is that it, you know, it's a crutch for the mm. weak. You know, it's just, it's just for people 
who feel a bit disappointed in life and can't face the prospect of not existing, that they have to have something to lean on to make them feel strong. And, uh, you know, they, the idea that we would gather every week and uh, mourn the fact that we're yeah. sinners um, mm. is just, like, ridiculous. Why don't you be more positive? Why don't you have some uh, better positive thinking? Mm. Um, I mean, but actually, the, oh, the, yeah, no, but actually that, what, what I think is difficult to understand if you're not, if you're not a Christian is that actually... Yeah, we, we do want to be poor in spirit, mm. but Jesus said it's a blessed thing to be poor in spirit. And so when you look away from yourself to him, you find you are happier, more peaceful, more content than you would have been otherwise. So there's a, there's a joy in appreciating that we are like this, um, which the kind of the atheist or the agnostic or the non-believer can't, can't see. Mm. You know, um, and I mean, that's what the great philosopher Nietzsche hated about Christianity. It was weak. I mean, he saw his dad, who believed in God, and I think probably was a Christian by by sort of if you if you read what his dad his dad was a preacher and a pastor right. in the Lutheran Church, I think. Um, but uh, his dad, you know, died weak, mm. um, and uh, you know, I think I think in pain, and um, uh, yes. Nietzsche saw this and thought this was a horrific idea that you know God would allow someone to be weak. If you've got a God, you're going to be a strong man. Mm. You know? Yeah, yeah, he, that's what he was railing against, wasn't it? Mm. The the weakness stuff, and so then wanted people to achieve a strong a nation, yeah, yeah, Superman, which obviously mm. has catastrophic uh, effects later on down the line. Yeah, it's interesting because the faithful sees. He reflects and he sees that actually the way that shame talks is a worldly way of talking. And, he's, and so he, he examines it and he says, no, that's not what God's about. And he, he reflects on, actually, what's more important to listen to, the, the world or God? And so he listens to God. And, and I love at the end, he says, should I now be ashamed of his ways and servants? If I did that, how could I ex, uh, expect his future blessing? Mm. Yeah, if I'm going to go the worldly way, I won't get the blessing. But if I listen to God and the, the things that he wants and listen to his gospel, then the, the blessings do await me. Mm. So it's worth it. Uh, even if, if this man here is going to shame me for living in this way, it's okay because, mm. because you know, God's more important than this, than this world. Mm. And the, he, um, one of the other things he mocks is a tender conscience, isn't yeah. it? Um, which is a very interesting thing that. So I can't remember how exactly it's put there, but, um, you know, if he sees a tender conscience in somebody, is it his children? I can't remember. Something. He's, he wants them to man up, basically, doesn't mm, he? Yeah. Is, is that, it's like, well, no, don't, come on. You know, you need to... It's not manly. Oh, it's not manly. You need yeah. to uh, not, you know, not beat yourself up. Come on, this is, you need to develop a thick skin. And um, that's interesting, isn't it? Because, you know, there are times, I don't know, with, with kids or young people or whatever, when you, when you see the signs of a tender conscience, you know, perhaps they've told a lie and been found out or they've yeah. said something mean and they... There's a period where they feel a bit struck by it and a bit sad, and uh, there's remorse there. You don't want to, you don't want to lose the the opportunity there, do you? To actually say no, it's good. It's actually good that we, because yeah. God has given us a conscience, and it's like a little compass that is going to tell us if we've gone right or if we've gone wrong, and so we need to use that as an opportunity to say, yeah, that's that's the Lord telling you, just in in a, with a natural conscience, He's told you that something's gone wrong, mm. and now you need to look for Him, and so. A conscience is really something to protect, isn't yeah. it? Look after, because it leads you right. That's, that's absolutely right. I mean, I, I know you've you've seen it. In fact, you told me to watch it. But the the um, I don't know whether you've seen it. The um, 
documentary on Andrew Tate. Not yet, no. Um, I mean, he's just quite a vile bloke, mm. isn't he? I mean, I don't mm. know whether you're allowed to say this, because he seems <laughs> to own the internet. Yeah. Um, but uh, he's like a he's he's like he's like Shane here, isn't he? Mm. Um, he does outrageously disgusting things. He treats people terrible, you know. And he's like a little little baby, a little spoiled baby that wants his... Uh, and shame is a bit like this. I mm. want everything. I mean, he, he talks about having a, a sword in your house. I mean, it's so sort of baby. It's just what <laughs> boys do. They have a little wooden sword, don't yeah. they? And he's still into cars, and the way he treats women is, is a disgrace. But he sees that as manly, doesn't mm. he? He thinks that's manly. And yet, when you look at him... I have to say, I didn't see really anything manly in him. He doesn't protect women. He doesn't protect truth. Mm. He's got a whole organisation, uh, you know, taking almost any word he says and 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 applying it around the world so that he can get more money out of them. And um, uh, he's supposed to be the most manly man. And <laughs> I, I, I think he's like a little baby boy that just wants his own opinion and that. Uh, you know, wants to follow whatever he wants to do in his own desires, and that really is shame, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And so, so Shane's persistently trying to whisper these weaknesses mm. to faithful, the weaknesses of religion, the weaknesses of following the Christian faith, mm. and eventually, uh, faithful says, uh, "It's useless to continue in this manner because the very things he despised were those things that I see the most glory in." Yeah. And so he yeah. says, "No." I'm not going to be ashamed of these things, of, of as, as you say, of having a clear conscience mm. for living this. I'm, I'm glorying in the things of the gospel. Mm. And so it's then that I think uh, shame finally departs from him. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Then they go walking on, yeah, uh, talking a bit about shame and something else, and they see a, a, together now they're going to experience... Um, a new man, and he's called Talkative. <laughs> um, and there's a lot of talk, isn't there? Yes. Uh, I mean, it goes on for a long time, <laughs> so I'm not sure we can deal with everything, even remember everything he said. Mm. Um, but uh, really interesting character. Yeah, yeah. It's the opposite of shame in one sense, mm. in that he, he thinks that uh, it's really good to talk about the things of God and... You know, his initial, his opening dialogue and the things that Talkative says and even how he responds to some quite probing questions mm. uh, on the surface, you know, n you know, all, no one would not have him in their church. Uh, I mean, <laughs> because he's, it, the, his, he can articulate Christian truth. Uh, he seems to understand it, not just on a superficial level, but at a deep level. Uh, he wants to talk not just about the things of God, but how they apply and the work of grace in the heart and the need of repentance. Yeah. And, and he seems to be very well educated uh, in in theology and in, in Christian thinking. And faithful to begin with, you know, asks him a few questions, but is initially very impressed with him yeah. isn't he? and thinks that, oh, this is actually, compared to everyone else we've met, this is actually the sort of companion that might be worth having. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think he could do us a lot of good, Brother Christian, here here on the road. Um, and then, I mean, I don't know whether we want to go into some of the things he says, or but he, he then he then goes back to Christian, doesn't he? Yeah. Because Christian has, I don't know, decided to walk a bit slower or taken a step back. And Faithful goes and says, look, this is, 
you know, this is great, isn't it? I mean, he's yeah. this guy's this guy's the real deal. You yeah. Know? And then Christian, there's a sort of a creeping smirk that comes on his yes, face, a slight yeah. smile. Yeah, and then and then Christian has some extra information, doesn't he, about this or about this guy? Well, he sees through him, doesn't he? He knows about him that it's talk, 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 and no action and no reality, and that his life is a is a me- is a mess. But he he talks the talk, but he doesn't walk the walk. That's basically it, isn't it? Mm. Um, that's that's going on with him. But he knows him from the city of destruction. That's right. right? Yes. Yeah. So that's yes, because he's um, he is the son of one Say Well, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. and he lived in Prating Row. I think it's Prating Row. <laughs> Prating, isn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, so in spite of his eloquent manner of speaking, he remains a wretched fellow. Um, so he looks attra- and he looks attractive. That's what they say about uh, talkative. From a distance, he looks like a tall, handsome man. Mm. But when you get close up to him, you can see that he's rather ugly, actually. <laughs> that's I mean, that's the idea, isn't it? Yes. The, the words outwardly are yeah. good, but in the, in, in that's the right. is hot. That's the picture that you say mm. there, isn't mm. it? And this way of life had earned him a reputation, even in his own town, hadn't it? So there's a bit where Christian says, uh, yes, you know, people would rather trade with barbarians than with yeah. him. Um, because that's the way he conducted himself in all areas of life. That yeah. He would, he even in business, it would be, oh yeah, this is great. Now let me tell you about this product. It's absolutely fantastic. You know, we've sold five thousand in the last month. Yeah. Yes, five star yeah. reviews. You know, and, and yet, uh, but it's all talk. And then he sells the product, and the product is naff. And people, so you never know what you're getting with him. That's no. the difficulty. And he's, I guess, he's someone who's constantly disappointing yeah. the people around him. Because there's something inspiring about him, and he can probably gather a crowd, but they see through him in the end because there's no, uh, there's no um, follow through, and you know. That's right. There's so many good lines about him here. I mean, it, uh, Christian compares him. Uh, his house is as empty of religion as the white of an egg is devoid of flavour, <laughs> which is brilliant. There's no, there's no prayer offered in his house, nor any signs of repentance for sin. This is a good one. Yes, even an animal serves God far better than talkative. And then he goes later on, the common people who really know him say, a saint abroad and a devil at home, which is, you know, brilliantly mm. put. And then... You're just really quite sobering when you when you think about him because in in Christian's opinion, his wicked lifestyle causes many to stumble and fall and will be the ruin of many more unless God intervenes. So yes, talk a great game, but actually the actions show something very different, mm. and that means that people will go away from the gospel mm. rather than uh, believe in the gospel. Mm. And and uh, but, yeah. but talk soundly. Yeah. So he's, it's true. He's not a heretic, is yeah. he? That, that's the strange thing about this bloke. He's, mm. he's not saying lies about God, mm. uh, but he's living lies. Mm. And that's the big difference. And it's talk, talk, talk. He could, he could argue, couldn't he, about a doctrine. Mm. He would get the minutia of a doctrine yes. perhaps right. Yeah. He would say, you know, you're a Calvinist, you're an Arminian. Yeah. He would, he'd know all of those terms and be able to argue whichever one that would be suitable for him at the time. Um, so he talks and he talks and he talks about God. Mm. Um, but the, the, the way Faithful then tries to draw him out at the end is to talk about application. That's right. Yeah. Heart, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. And so uh, that, that gets him angry, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. Are you trying to catch me out? Mm. What are, what are you, why, why are you playing tricks with me? Yeah. And when it comes to the heartfelt change in your life by the doctrines he's talking about, 
doesn't want to know. No. Mm. And he asks him about his personal walk with the Lord, doesn't he? So he says, talkative, you, you know, you can give me the doctrine of prayer yeah. brilliantly, but do you pray? Mm. Do you actually pray? Um, you know, you can defend the doctrine of scripture to me, but do you read it in your closet, in your private room? You know, do you, is it actually part of your life, prayer and Bible yeah. reading and faith, you know? And that's when he starts to get exposed as well, isn't it? Because, um, you know, in the end, this is where a talkative or a, or a hypocritical person gets found out because, you know, they're, not, they're just not going to make time for that stuff when no one's looking and when they're on their own because it's not in their heart. It's just what they think is going to get them on in the world, which is what they really want, isn't it? Um, well, Jesus says, doesn't he, in the Sermon on the Mount, you know, people call me Lord, Lord, but I yeah. never knew you. Yeah. And the, the word knew there is is that intimate word. You, I don't know anything. You know, of course, yeah. Jesus knows everybody, but he doesn't. It's not there's relationship. No relation, no. There's no relationship here. And you, but he says, Lord, Lord. Yeah. So he's got his theology absolutely right. This is the Lord. And that's the sort of thing he is. Oh, and in, in that sermon, it's not, it's Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Do we not talk Cast about you? Yeah. yeah. Do the right thing. Yeah. yeah. And it's away from you, you evil doer. Yeah. And that's the difference because I think that that's what Christian points faithful to, which is why he goes down that line of questioning. It's 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 not good enough to know information. You must be a doer of the word, mm -hmm. which is what they which is clearly not talkative. He's not trying to apply the word of God to his life, and that becomes evident with just a, a couple of lines of, of questions. Which really exposes him, which is why he blushes later on and says, you're not going to be my judge mm. to faithful. Um, I won't let you judge me. Yeah. But he's been found out and he, he, it's like he's heard the Sermon on the Mount and it, it comes and, and he's, he's missed off the last part of, the, of chapter 7. And he needs to hear that the wise builder puts it on, builds, builds it on the rock. They, they hear the word and they, they put it into action. It yeah. 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 Mm. I mean, we met these people. Yeah, I mean, I think there, I think there are, and I, I suppose, you know, when you look at it, there's a, there's the potential for for this in all of our hearts, isn't there? For there to be a growing gap between what we say and who we actually are, and um, there used to be always you know, that camp talk, which was mind the gap. <laughs> really, was it? Yeah. yeah. You remember, you know, yeah. when you get on the underground. Yeah. Mind the gap. Yeah. And yeah. it would, that was always a talk. Yeah. The gap between what you know and how you live. Yeah. yeah. And and I think that is really, that's really in line with New Testament teaching, isn't it? So w when you've got in the letters like Colossians and Ephesians and so on, the, you know, the first half of the book is is often great explanations of the gospel, and then the second half is the practical applications. And where does Paul always begin? Well, church, husbands, wives, fathers, children, workplaces. Um, in other words, he's saying that these, the gospel, when you understand it, absolutely makes a difference in all corners of your life, you know, mm. in the home and in the work and stuff. And so this idea that you could get the first half of the letter, yeah, I can, I can mm. defend Ephesians 1 to 3, I know exactly what it says, I know the doctrines of election and salvation, and, mm. uh, and not have it affect how you like you know so you don't embitter your children for instance or yeah you, yeah don't treat you it's just foreign to new testament christianity isn't it that um and so we've always got to be on guard because it's absolutely you're right to say we all have this and this is what we've got to 
keep looking at our own heart and applying the word of God to. But there are people, aren't there? Yeah. And it can be quite shocking when you first meet someone a bit like this. Yeah. Because, you know, like faithful, you're, you're, you're taken in because you don't know. It takes time. Mm. It takes time, doesn't it, to, to work out patterns in people's lives. Oh, they mm. say this, but they don't do this. Mm. And then you don't come judging immediately into someone. We all know we fall short of what we sort of believe in that sense. Yeah. But um, after a while, it, it can be quite shocking that you have people that are absolutely, you know, strong on doctrines. Mm. But when you, when you hear about how they treat their wife or, your, or the church or mm. other uh, believers, it is extraordinary, isn't mm. it? And, mm. uh, and, and, and really quite upsetting, I think. Mm. Um, yeah, it is because because when you when you listen to them, that you think, okay, this is a really dangerous position for you to be in because you actually know everything that you need to know. So I can't I can't really tell you any fresh doctrine. Um, you, you have what you need, mm. um, but it's not translating into action and love in your life, and therefore that's the caution that we need to give. You know. Um, in one sense, it's different from someone who's very new to the faith and their life is a bit of a mess. And it's, well, it's because they haven't understood yet. No, they haven't understood no. and they're on a growing. But someone who knows everything yeah. and yet it's just not affecting their lives, you think that's really dangerous because I can't tell you anything more, really. No. Um, I think you do get this sometimes. It, it's almost like there's a talkative and there's a sort of compulsive learner as well. I mean, they sort of almost go together with the, the, you know, the person, it's very clear, you know, love your wife, hmm. yeah? And it's not that hard to work through. Hmm. But, oh, how do I do that? I need to go to extra counselling. I need to find out more information. Uh, you know, there's, hmm. there's always people, I think, in the church that think, if I had more knowledge, if I could learn more stuff, if I could learn, hmm. you know, then I might be able to put that into practice. But yeah. put what you know into practice and then you'll learn. Yeah. And so certainly talkative isn't doing that. No. And then, and then obviously, once he goes, because he, he gets up and leaves, Christian says, you know, your words and his lusts could not agree. So he must, he has to go because yeah. faithful's exposed him. But um, Christian's very, uh, uh, he's very, he commends faithful for the way that he's dealt. Yeah. Mm. with talkative and it is a really good example for us in a sort of pastoral fashion of you're trying to work out you know is this person are they the talkative type then we ask some questions about mm. personal holiness isn't it and, and that, but that's what they don't like no well that but that, and i know they don't like it but that's yeah. why he said he says yeah you did well to speak so frankly with him yes. very little of this faithful dealing with men happens these days and, and, he, and he bemoans that actually there's so many people that sort of just go through and they end up causing more damage because they're not being dealt with mm. in this way and he says, you know, I wish all men would be would deal with such impostors as directly as you have done. Then perhaps they would be made more agreeable to mm. the truth. So yeah. it's it, it's the reason why it's great to talk like this is because actually you can try and expose and then convict and then mm. bring them to a true repentance, yeah. isn't it? Um, but you're you're right. I mean, it's going to do one of two things. This line of questioning is either going to set them away. Yeah. And it's one reason why I think Paul says to Timothy, you know, be slow in the laying on of hands. Like, you, um, 
you know, if you've got somebody in the church who's mm. a candidate for leadership and, you know, they can teach well and they've got a good grasp of biblical truth, um, the temptation is, particularly if you're small and mm. there aren't many leaders, uh, is, to, is to promote them um, too quickly. Yeah. And I think what Paul says to Timothy there is you just need to just give it a bit of time to make sure he's a one-woman kind of man, mm. that he doesn't have any addiction issues, that he handles his money well. And those things are going to take time. You know, it's not that he has to sit through decades of inspection, but, mm. um, you know, you've got to be... Hate- and so I think faithful is... In one sense, his, his, his attitude here is very Christian, isn't it? He's, mm. he's charitable in the beginning, and he wants to see the best um but christian is so helpful to him to say let's just not be hasty in the laying on of hands here let's just hold on a minute and make sure he's he's the he's the real deal before we promote him into our company sort of thing um Hmm. and that's 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 a good that's a good lesson i think so i mean and and i think also in you know talking to people pastorally you, you you once you've met a few of these people you you you, well, you, you look at your own heart and you can see the sin in others very very often. But these people are just talking, talking, talking. And then when you, when you challenge them personally, they're, they're all, it's always someone else's fault if there's a sin in their life. It's always, uh, they can talk around, that person needs to repent, and, uh, but I've, I, I, I don't. And mm-hmm. they've always got sort of really good reasons why they're, they're right as well, and um, and I think you do what he does. Yeah, mm. you bring this person. In. What about you? Don't worry about that person. Yeah. What about you? Um, mm. You know, it's a bit like you know, you know, Peter uh, at the end of John yeah. wants to know what's going to happen mm. with John. He says to Jesus, "What's going to happen to him?" Yeah. Jesus says, "Don't worry about that, mate. Mm. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, follow me. You follow me. Yeah. Don't worry yeah. about the other one. You follow me." Yeah. Mm. Mm. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's. We're um, still not at uh, Vanity Fair, which I think is next time. Is it? Are we? Is that next time? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, so oh, that's that's going to be a that's a beauty. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, do join us next time for uh, for that episode. And as I said at the start, you can listen to the back catalogue of uh, Cornerstone podcasts in the Pilgrim's Progress series. We've also done Christianity A to Z, which was a doctrine series. Uh, you can find under the Cornerstone podcast sister stories as well. Uh, one of the members of the church has interviewed other women in the church, hearing their testimonies, and that's a terrific series. Um, and then there's the sermon catalogue and and uh, and other things too. So do do make use of those resources, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>